Hello, and welcome to Fairfax 50 Plus, a series featuring discussions on issues and activities of interest to residents 50 and over. I'm your host, Jim Person. And today we're going to start the show a little differently, and bear with me here. I'm going to read, and thankfully not sing. I, you'll, you'll thank me for that later. I'm going to read you a few lyrics to see if you can name the song. So here you go. Let me see if I can, can do this justice. Uh, what would you think if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song and I'll try not to sing out of key. Oh, I get by with a little help from my friends. <clears throat> hopefully you'll understand why I'm not singing, but hopefully I did a fairly accurate uh, reading there so that you can understand that uh, those were song lyrics. And if you're a baby boomer, you, you probably already quickly ID'd the song as with a little help from my friends, uh, recorded by the Beatles on their Sgt. Pepper album in 1967 uh, and, and later famously performed by Joe Conker at Woodstock. Now, as a boomer, you may also know that these lyrics ring as true now as they did then. Getting by with a little help from your friends is pretty much the whole concept behind what has become known as the village movements. Villages, also known as neighbor-to-neighbor -neighbor networks, are essentially a group of friends and neighbors who help each other. Now, we have a number of these right here in Fairfax County, and to today, two county staff members are here to tell us all about them. Patricia Rohr and Tanya Disselcone are both with the health department. Patricia is the county's long-term care manager. Tanya is a long-term care program development analyst. Now, a little bit about them before we get into the topic. Uh, Patricia has a master's in social work administration from Temple University, over 30 years experience creating and managing programs. She loves traveling the world and off-beaten-path places and inviting friends over for home-cooked dinners. I'm still waiting for my invitation, by the way. Tanya has a master's in health promotion management and 10 years experience in the field. She also has two little boys she loves spending time with, but when they're napping, she enjoys a good book. And hopefully the naps are uh, not few and far between, but hopefully they do a lot of napping and give you a chance to do some reading. So ladies, thank you for being with us. Patricia, Tanya, Tanya thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And perfect. You, you talked instead of <laughs> nodded. We, we chatted before. This is, a, this is a podcast. We have to talk. So here we go. Thanks for being with us and don't be nervous. Um, neighbor to neighbor networks or villages, as I was reading the introduction, I must admit I'm not familiar with this concept, this program. So is that kind of the common reaction that, that people have? They haven't, they haven't heard of this? We get kind of a mix. Either people are very familiar with it, I find, or people have never heard of it. Mm. Oftentimes, people will confuse it with the Villages, which is a community in Florida. Right. <laughs> um, but yes, it's um, been around for quite a while, and Fairfax County has really started championing it, championing, oh boy, <laughs> championing. <laughs> Being oh, the champion it. of. <laughs> yes. Championing it. Thank you. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's really becoming much more popular. And as our population grows and ages, um, it's really becoming something that people are really interested in and want to learn a lot more about. Mm -hmm. How did the concept come about, program come about? I mean, how did it, you know, how did all this become, become to be, if you will? Well, back in the early, I guess around 2001, in uh, the Beacon Hill community of Boston, a number of older adults, probably 65 and 75 age range, decided they did not want to go to relocate and go live somewhere else in an age-segregated type of uh, mm -hmm. community. And so they sat down together and figured out what they could do to be able to stay in their neighborhood 
age well, stay in place, and not relocate. And so that's kind of how the village movement, or as uh, we indicated, Fairfax County calls it the neighbor to neighbor. We kind of rebranded it that way. And so they came together and uh, decided what they needed and came up with a method and organized a structure so they could get all the services they need so they could stay in their homes. Mm -hmm. And since then, it has mushroomed and grown across the country, and there's now a national village-to-village network that Mm. supports these. So um, it's it's a growing concept. So is this actually a community, or is it just happens to be that as residents in their home stay in their home and grow older in their home, it just happens that all the residents in that same neighborhood are kind of similar in age and just kind of grow up together? Does that make sense? it could be that, or it could be that there are just some retirees or older adults in a community uh, in a neighborhood, and they decide to initiate something. And in many cases, they might make it intergenerational uh, because they see the value of cross-generational assistance. Hmm. Okay. So how did this idea concept forming in Boston in 2001, I think you said, how did that kind of come to Fairfax County and and, and when? Well, shortly after they started what they called the Beacon Hill Village, um, the New York Times uh, found out about them and wrote an article. And Hmm. once that article was published, people all across the country started calling them and saying, oh, we want to do this in our neighborhood. How can can we do that? So that was the first big push out. And so people started forming them, and then I think when the Village to Village Network then uh, started, they began to um, also promote it. It really, it really picked up. I mean, it became quite a. I think there's Tanya's. There are about 200 of them across the country now. Yep, 200. That. And then in the D.C. area, we have we're rich with them. We have I really? think about 40 some. Yes. Is that correct? 38 to 40. Yep. In the greater D.C. area. Okay. So this is kind of wow. a hub. There's also another hub yeah. in California and then all across the country. Uh, these okay. Exist. So I, I must admit, I'm still having a little trouble with the concept or kind of understanding it. So talk to me a little bit about <laughs> I mean, what exactly are we talking about here? I mean, I know we want the end goal for everybody to, you know, age in place and not have to move to other different kind of locations. But Talk to me a little bit about logistics and, you know, when we're talking about forming this, this village or neighbor to neighbor and, you know, kind of <laughs> kind of take me back and then move me forward a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure. So we say what's great about this initiative is that it's a grassroots initiative. And what that means is that it's going to be different for everybody. And so the idea is simple. It's neighbors helping neighbors, helping each other to age in place or age in their communities. And they do that basically by creating a neighbor-to-neighbor program or a village for their community. And that looks different for every community. We say if you've seen a village, you've seen a or one village. Um, So the sizes differ. Um, The cost for membership, some of them are totally free. Some of them have a little bit more robust membership fees. And some of them are you know, very large in population. Some of them are smaller. Um, The borders can be very different where it's maybe just 28 houses, for example, or Mm. miles and miles. So it's really what the community feels is best for them and how inclusive they want to be, how many people and homes they want to have, and what they think would work fee-wise and service-wise for their people and what their needs are. So oftentimes they will begin by doing a sort of a questionnaire survey in the neighborhood. There'll be a few folks that decide to organize this. Mm, you know, you really right, need you gotta, a few gotta, passionate right. people. And so 
they'll come up with a big list of everything that they feel they need to age in place, whether it's transportation to doctor's appointments, someone to cut the grass, access to home health care, just a full range of home repair services at a reasonable mm -hmm. rate and reliable. So they come up with their big list of what they need and then kind of begin to organize it, as Tanya said, in whatever structure they feel works best for them. And they have to have a connector or, or a method for people who join the group to access the services. So that might be a telephone, it might be a website, it might be a combination, it might be a block okay. captain that they go to right. in their area who gets them connected. Okay. It sounds like a uh, an organized approach to just being a good neighbor. I would say that's pretty much it. And we say nowadays it's not always as easy to know your neighbors, whether yes, that's, that's true. people moving around more often, being more transient. Um, maybe more people are in the workforce. So it's a little bit difficult to go and put yourself out there and get to know all of your neighbors. And with something a little bit more formal in place, this provides access and a little bit more comfortability for people to get together and know their neighbors, feel safer, and feel supported by their neighbors. Gotcha. That makes a lot sense. of times uh, we found that people, if they need a little extra help with something, they're not so comfortable just going to a neighbor, <laughs> right, even right, if they know right, them. Right. But if there's an organized structure that has the purpose of doing that, they, mm -hmm. they feel much more comfortable saying, I'm a member of this organization and part of my membership benefit is I can get one of these services, whether it be a volunteer or through uh, perhaps a vetted service right. provider. Well, that's a, a great segue into, you said, services. So villages, neighbor-to-neighbor, -neighbor, network. What are some of the services provided? And then uh, I want to follow that up with, you talked about earlier, uh, some of them charge money and some don't. So uh, maybe there's some differentiations. But what are we kind of talking about, services, programs, et cetera, that, that some of these villages provide. Sure. They span the gamut, really. Some of them might offer one service, like transportation, for example. Others might offer a, a myriad of services, which would include maybe some small household repairs or hanging pictures or things where people might have to get up on ladders, hmm. um, snow removal, leaf raking, um, technology assistance. And a lot of um, our villages in Fairfax County make sure that they inquire um, include a social component. So whether that's getting together for, you know, um, just talking and having cheese or having a meal or having potlucks, um, just various ways that they can get together and just really spend time with one another. Hmm. Um, and some of our villages don't offer any direct services, but they also provide resources and they're there um, to give other examples of what is already available within their neighborhoods or communities that they can um, utilize. Mm -hmm. Now, are these um, separate nonprofit organizations that then create these things? Is it just groups of neighbors? I mean, talk to me a little bit about that. Um, the answer to that is yes. Yes, all of the above, <laughs> They right? can be any of those. Okay. Some of our villages have gone and become nonprofits, and others have wanted something less formal, and so they'll just be a group of volunteer members. Um, do you have anything to add about that? <laughs> No, not particularly. Uh, well, I was going to I was going to ask the county. The, how, how is the county involved with these villages, neighbor to neighbor organizations? Do we do we does the county create them or just support them or how, how does that county connection work with this? Well, let me give you a little history. Okay. So after the earlier when I talked about the village movement kind of mushrooming, yeah. uh, so we had a group of people, two different groups of people in Fairfax County wanting to start these. And so they reached out to the county to ask some questions for assistance and support. And so at that time, which is now about uh, 11 years ago, 
uh, the county decided they would have a point of contact for people who wanted to start these to, to lend guidance to them, basically. Um, and so that became part of my responsibilities. And now okay. it's Tanya's responsibilities working on together with me. And so our county was proactive in doing that, that that was really not something that had been done in other jurisdictions across mm. the country that we are aware of. Now, since some have started to, in fact, even have full-time staff people that just support the villages. Uh, so this is sort of the historically how, how we got involved in giving guidance. But no, we don't have a master plan to plant villages. This is grassroots, as Tanya okay. said. Okay. So it's really people reaching out to us uh, that say they want to start one, and then we can come and meet with them and walk through the variety of options and approaches and samples of surveys. We have a whole toolkit that we put together that we can share with them. And then uh, more recently in, in the latest iteration of the Fairfax Board of Supervisors 50-plus plan. Mm -hmm. They really liked this concept that we were lending guidance and that these were developing. And so they put into the plan doing some outreach. And so as a result of that, we now have an outreach committee of volunteers mm. uh, as well, led by Tanya, and they go out into the community and spread the word. So we're being a little more proactive in saying this is what the concept is. There's guidance available if you want to start it. Prior to that, it was more way if people reached out to gotcha, us. So gotcha. it's a little more proactive, and um, Tanya can probably talk more about that, but we keep uh, a spreadsheet of all the places we go <laughs> right, to. We right. reach out to supervisors' offices to see if they would like to. Uh, suggest where we could promote this in right. their um, districts and so forth. So, so we're really on kind of an outreach, um, and it has resulted in more okay. uh, folks uh, getting interested in starting these. Well, good opportunity for you guys to talk about it and promote it right here on the podcast, doing some some more forms of outreach, if you will. So Absolutely. mentioning that, how can is there a telephone number, Tanya, that folks can call? Is there a web address? I mean, how, how can folks get more information, maybe get a presentation, learn more, et cetera? Yes, yeah, so, uh, we would love that. Um, the phone number is 703-246-8962. We have an email address, which is end to end. It's the letter N, the number two, and the letter N again for neighbor to neighbor at fairfaxcounty.gov. And our website is www.fairfaxcounty.gov slash health slash neighbor. And we are happy to come out and do presentations. Um, we do them at a lot of different venues. And we do, we get our outreach committee together and come out and show you everything in our toolkit and just um, provide support for how you can start one of these in your community. Mm -hmm. So if someone is, is listening right now and they're thinking, wow, that, that sounds like a pretty great idea, you know, for, for my neighborhood or for, you know, for me, <laughs> but I need to get some more folks involved. Um, how would you suggest them going about kind of doing that and organizing within their community and, and getting this ball rolling and getting a presentation, et cetera? Well, I would suggest that they contact, call a phone number or go on our website uh, and look for information because the website has a lot of information. It also lists all of the current neighbor-to-neighbor uh, -neighbor network and villages in the county and contact information there. But I would suggest reaching out to the phone number, which is Tanya's number, and she can chat on the phone. She can come out and have coffee with the person and another person to just get them started. Or if they're really ready to do a full presentation, mm -hmm. we can that can be done as well. Um, can can it can something start like this with just two neighbors, three neighbors? I mean, is there any kind of minimum requirements to to have a village, if you will? There's not a minimum requirement. We recommend maybe four to five people, only because mm. one or two people are really just going to get so burnt out, mm. um, and you don't want it. You want it to be sustainable, and so you want to have really the vested interest of your entire community, and so that means people banding together and doing this together. Mm. Um, 
are there challenges to, to, to forming these villages? There are challenges to forming the villages. Um, I mean, just like there's challenges to putting together any group. Sure. Um, there's going to be maybe more volunteers than services needed. There could be more services needed than volunteers. Mm. Um, so it's it's really just finding a good balance and finding a good model for what would work best for the individual communities. And one of the things when we were developing the, the toolkit, our neighbor to neighbor toolkit, was we recognized that you know, people don't feel comfortable sometimes just stepping up and forming one of these unless they know each other. And so yeah. we, we kind of have this tagline. I think it's um, meeting, enjoying, helping. Hmm. So what we'll encourage is having some social events or coffees in people's homes in different parts of the neighborhood to sort of get to know each other and talk up the concept and say, you know, other communities are doing this. Uh, you know, are you interested? We think it would be great, but yeah, you know, we just want to know what, how you feel about it and what kind of participation you might be interested to lend or what services you might want to receive. So we encourage social activities. And then as people get to know each other, then sometimes you see a little bit more leadership or mm-hmm. interest in, in forming sure, it. Sure. Before we wrap up, is there maybe just a success story? I'm sure there's there's multiple, but is there one that really comes to your mind that you want to share on the podcast that could kind of give us some good insight? Oh, boy, we do. We hear so many different wonderful quotes and um, things from all of our different villages that come in, and it's really just so wonderful to hear. And we get some data in from a couple of our villages, and they will show us how many rides that they've given or um, just, I mean, how many people might not have made it to a medical appointment or how many people you know, didn't have a connection or a friend, and it's just made such a world of difference. And that's not a specific example, but there's just so many different people coming out and saying, you know, this Village to Village, this neighbor program um, that we're involved in is just really making a difference in my life. And we're working uh, with the communications director in the adult and aging division uh, to come up with stories and put them in the Golden Gazette. So Mm. our listeners can look forward to the Golden Gazette issues where there will be very specific okay, success cool. stories Absolutely. from individual yeah. neighbor-to-neighbor and villages uh, to also kind of entice right, people right. to say, wow, this is, you know. Right. Well, this has uh, definitely been a learning experience for me because I'll, I'll be honest, I was not really familiar with, with this concept or the program exactly. So uh, thank you both for, for sharing. Again, I want to reiterate, if you need more information, uh, fairfaxcounty.gov slash health slash neighbor. You can actually find a list there of the, uh, the, the villages in Fairfax County. More information there. Uh, that email address, NTN, that's the letter N, the number two, the letter N, at fairfaxcounty.gov, or you can call 703-246-8962. Before we leave, though, I want to give each of you 15, 20 seconds for your final thoughts. Anything I haven't asked, anything that you want to make sure um, folks listening right now uh, know. So, Patricia, we'll, we'll start with you, and then Tanya let you bring it home. Well, I want the listeners to recognize that this is a wonderful concept. It has made a huge difference in a lot of people's lives uh, to enable them to stay in place and not feel the pressure to go uh, move somewhere else. And particularly because a lot of older adults, children are not living nearby here. And so they don't have the ready available assistance to drive them to the doctor to uh, come and change the light bulb you know, to shovel the snow and that sort of thing. And also, it's to not be afraid of it. We're we're here to help every step Mm -hmm. of the way. It's not a scary thing. It might sound like a huge, big effort, but really, 
it's not. And we can walk you through the steps. We can connect you to other people that have done it. Um, so I encourage you to um, consider contacting us. Mm-hmm. And I would just say that everyone has something to offer. Everyone might have a need that they need fulfilled, but even more than that, everyone has a service that they can provide, picking up the mail from someone, um, just the littlest things, giving a phone call. I mean, really, those are the things that we hear the most that are making a difference in people's lives. And so I think people sometimes can be hesitant. Oh, I don't think I have anything to offer my community. But let me tell you, everybody does. And the goal is just to create more caring, connected communities. And we've really seen that in action from the individuals who have started this. And so like Patricia said, just don't be hesitant. We're here to help. And this is a wonderful way for you to get to know your neighbors and feel comfortable in your own home and your own community. Excellent. Excellent recap from both of you. Thank you both for being with us on the uh, Fairfax 50 Plus podcast. We've had Patricia Rohr, Tanya Disselcone from the Health Department talking about the county's neighbor-to-neighbor networks. And again, if you want to find some advice or learn more about the program, you can go online to fairfaxcounty.gov slash health slash neighbor or call 703-246-8962. If you want to find more county older adult services, recreation, community engagement opportunities, you can also call 703-324-7948. That's a Monday through Friday number. Uh, 24-7, you can go online, fairfaxcounty.gov slash older adults. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe to the monthly Golden Gazette newspaper that Patricia mentions. Also, Fairfax 50 Plus e-news. And you can also link from there over to the Fairfax 50 Plus Facebook page for even more information. Thanks for joining us on the Fairfax 50 Plus podcast, which is produced by the Fairfax County Virginia government.